All right. Can we just play that video? I, I, what country? I, so hold on, hold on for a second. Don't play this. No, I'm playing this not to make fun of your d Gen Z generation. I'm not trying to do. I'm not making fun. Of, I actually think this is all contrived. I, I just can't believe people are not. Why my, my why is my voice recording? Okay. Um, I'm showing this video, not to make fun of. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. If you're part of the Zen, Gen Z crowd, and I found out my son is Gen Z. It's 1995, 2000 something. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm trying. I'm not trying to offend. I actually think this is all made up so that he can get YouTube hits. But I just wanted to just make a point, okay? Is that all clear now? So let's play that video. What country is the Queen of England from originally? Um, <laughs> I definitely don't know. No, give me, give me your best guess. I guess a country. Mm. What is the country again? Give me a guess. This is embarrassing. Um. What is a country? What is a country? What is a country? Canada. Yes. Do you know what time this is? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, uh, 2.45. Yes. Do you know what country the Great Wall of China is in? Country? Yeah. Maybe you have to guess. Japanese? Yes. Do you know what country we gained our independence from? Spain. Yes. How many inches are in two feet? Okay, let's stop know. it. That's enough. <laughs> Excuse the language. I didn't know that they swore. I just watched a few and I thought. But you guys, I'm not trying to make fun. I actually think that was all set up. I just can't believe people. They're educated, right? You guys knew the answer, right? What is the Queen of England, daughter? Thank you. <laughs> UBC education, paying off. <laughs> She's graduating this year. UBC education, paying off. Thank you, Jesus. That's a lot of money. She didn't know the Queen of England. What's 15% of 100, Jess? Thank you. Thank you, Jess. She's, <laughs> she's our OT specialist working in the health system. She knows math. Thank you, God. Thank you. Queen of England is England. The Great Wall of China is where? Then China, yes, <laughs> yes, Queen. <laughs> Could name somebody name a continent? Thank you, Jesus. There's gonna be a point to why I played that video. Hopefully, hopefully it's redeeming. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Christmas, and uh, I realized that. In the three years that I've been preaching, I've been preaching almost every week for three years, not including the Zoom sessions we had. So that's a lot of teaching. Praise the Lord. Um, but I, I went back to all my sermons and I realized because of snowstorms and other things, Christmas, we've kind of like missed during COVID. We missed the... We missed the spot during Christmas. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? It was, a, it was kind of like a, in bypassing. Oh, yeah, we, we don't have church this day. We got snowed in. Okay. 
COVID. Uh, you know what? Just forget it. We'll just do online. Do you, I just feel like this year, and then last year, you guys knew what was happening with us, and we just, we were, minds were cluttered, and there was chaos happening in our lives. Um, I felt like I really wanted to honor the Lord going into Advent. You guys cool with that? Just prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord because the story never gets old. You guys watch Christmas movies? No? Why? Why? <laughs> I watch the same Christmas movies over and over again. My wife, she's always looking at me like, why? Why do you watch this over again? Over and over again. I watched this Christmas, last Christmas, last holiday. I just keep watching the same things. And I watch like Charles Dickens, Ebenezer Scrooge. I watch all these movies um, just to like get in the spirit. But it never gets me in the spirit like the Christmas story. And it's not a story because it's an event and it's true. When I think about Christmas, I think about like, like the big mess that they found themselves in. Now I'm gonna just go hit some points. I'm gonna do. The, I'm gonna talk about Christmas, the coming of our Lord for the next four Sundays. Is that okay? So I, I feel like I can take my time. So I always feel like Christmas. I just got this one chance, and I can. I'm just gonna spread out my Christmas sermon for four weeks. Is that good? Yes, of course it's good. I got the mic. When I think about Christmas, I think about like a big mess. I think about the chaos that's surrounding the story of our Lord Jesus. I think about this situation being all messed up. Confusion. What's going on here? You can think about Joseph. Joseph's like wondering, what's going on? You're what? You're pregnant? His world got upside, turned upside down. In a moment, with that, with that little announcement, he's just like, what is happening to my life? There was a census, and now he, they got to go to another city, Bethlehem, which was also prophesied over 700 years back. But maybe he forgot that. Maybe he wasn't thinking about that. He's just saying, why do I have to go to my hometown, Bethlehem? But it was Joseph. He was pro prophesied over. God already knew you were going to go there. Why did they have to do a census all of a sudden? I got to go to my hometown and register. Bethlehem. 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 The house of bread. It's all planned. But... For those guys, it seems like these foreign elements, these variables are entering their lives and causing a lot of disruption. How do you guys know? How many guys know things like that happen in our lives? Just suddenly, disruption happens. And we, in uh, this woman, organizational behavioral psychologist, Virginia Satir, um, she calls that a foreign element that happens in business and organization. It's going to happen. And when the foreign element enters, people, uh, the situation becomes chaotic and order has to re be reestablished and a lot of times that reestablished needs surrender. And the more you try to control the chaos, the more chaotic it becomes. 
So even organizational behaviorists understand the disruptive element of what happens in our lives, in organization, in countries. How many of you guys know the world is being disrupted? We got disruption going on all over the world. Amen? Climate change, on the other hand, I just got a report that, I, I read the news report that the temperature is actually going down. Hey, that's good, right, for all you guys thinking about the climate? That's, yes, that's a good. Yes, but there's disruption. Things are happening. Foreign elements. <sighs> I remember when I was in Africa a few years back, I don't know why we went to Africa and uh, we decided to go during Christmas time. Not very smart of me. But I said, you know what? Let's go. And then people are like advising me. How many guys know you need to listen to people around you? They said, uh, Steve, like you go to Africa, it's going to be Christmas season. We're going to have to stop in Europe, take transfers. You know how many transfers we need to get? That's a lot of things that need to line up for us to get back home for Christmas, and I said, it's fine, we'll get back home, it's Christmas Eve, we'll get there 24th, as long as we're there for 24th, we're fine. No, nothing's going to happen there, like, we're cutting it close, it's just like, that's, that's like, the, wow, Christmas season, Europe, Africa to Europe, and transfer, hey, you know, you know guys, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, but I saw the price on the ticket, I said, that's a, that's a good price, <laughs> and they're like, you know, we can pay $200 more and go a little bit later, and I said, yeah, but then there's like 10 of us at so 200. That will be 2,000, you know, that we'll be saving 2,000. How many of you guys know it's never good to be blinded by money, such small money, and be stupid? I was literally dumb. So we're in Kenya. We're coming back from Kenya, going through a remote road. We had no signal. About two-hour drive into Mombasa. We're going to we'll take a plane from Mombasa to uh, Nairobi, in Nairobi to Brussels, Brussels to... England, England to Vancouver. Well, not Vancouver, Montreal, Montreal to Vancouver. So that's what we had to do. That's what it takes to go to Africa. So I went, I was, we're on the remote road in Mombasa near the Indian Ocean. About three hours in, somebody got a signal and said, hey, I just got a text, our flight is canceled. I said, from where? Nairobi to Brussels. And I said, no, 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 no. Let me see that text. It says, right here, Brussels Airlines, flight is canceled. Is there like a next, like going to come tw two hours later? It said, next flight unknown. And I said, don't worry, the Lord is going to take care of it. It's good. I said, let's just pray right now. Pray, pray, pray with all your heart. We're like praying in the car. We need to get home. And these guys want to go home, so they're praying really hard. Amen. How many of you guys know when you want something bad, people pray real hard? They were like praying. They were like fast. Well, we weren't fat. We were only three hours away from Mombasa. They were like, no more snacks. We're going to fast. They're just praying. They're praying, 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 praying. And we went to Mombasa. We got on the plane. We didn't see any signs. So we were like, okay, maybe it's not canceled. We go to Nairobi, and they're like herding us into a bus and say, flight is canceled. You need to stay in, Ni in Nairobi, Kenya for a night or two. And I said, no, 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 this is not happening. The lit guys were, lit security guards were literally pushing us into the car. But how many guys know your pastor sometimes loses it? I didn't get angry. I didn't hit anybody. But I said, do not touch me. I'm going home for Christmas. No, man, you are not going home 
tonight you go to Nairobi. And I said, no, 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 no. I want to talk to your supervisor. They said, you cannot talk to I am the supervisor. And I obviously knew he wasn't the supervisor. So my whole team is sitting there. You know where the conveyor belt, where the, where the bags come? They're sitting there. Some of them are crying. Some of them are depressed. The one guy, my, my associate, the one, one of the, my board members that I came, I brought to give us hope. He's in there like with his head on his head going like this. <laughs> and he's got two kids. He's like, I'm going to go home to my kids. And I, I looked at him like, you are, you're supposed to be my right hand. You're supposed to help me. Everyone is depressed. You guys know who I'm talking about. It's like a big guy. You guys know who I'm talking about. Nathaniel knows who I'm talking about. And so this, this guy was sitting there, and I said, what's wrong with you? Why can't you help me? You, we need some hope and faith. He's like, I got no faith. I got no faith. We're nothing. And he was almost in tears. And then they were about to get on the bus. I said, everybody on my team, just stay there. Don't get on the bus. And I went, and I went. And I knocked on the door. It says supervisor. I knocked on the door, and the woman came out, and she looked pretty mean, and she said, what you want? And I said, the flight is canceled, and I want to go home. She goes, can't do that. Can't happen. And I looked at her, and then the Lord gave me revelation. Prophesied to her. I said, do say what? And I saw her name. It said Elizabeth. And the only thing I could come up, come up with, Elizabeth means pure. And Isabel is a, is a Spanish version of Elizabeth. And I looked at her and I said, I believe you are a pure woman. I literally said that. She said, <laughs> what you talking about? What you saying? And I said, your name is Elizabeth. My daughter's name is Isabel. You're both pure. You have integrity. You have heart. I want you to look into my eyes. I want to go home to my daughter. <laughs> you have kids? She goes, yes, I got a daughter. And I first time I said, so you would understand if you were in Canada and you couldn't come home back to Kenya, you would be sad. And I'm telling you, I believe, and I looked at her and I said, I believe you're a woman of authority and power. And then she was like, started going, yes, I am. <laughs> and I said, I believe you can make things happen. Yes, I can. And I said, I believe if you go in there, you can make, you can change things around in a minute. I believe you're a woman of character, integrity, and heart. And you have power and authority to make this happen. I did literally what I said to her. And she looked at me and she went like this. I think God spoke to her and she just went, okay. <laughs> and she knocked on the door, opened the door. All the people who she was saying, these people need to get home. Find something. Find something. <laughs> What's going on? Within an hour, they came back. These are, tr these are all tickets to Frankfurt. I can't get you home, but I can get you to Frankfurt. And in Frankfurt, I believe you can get home. And I said, well, take it. Two hours later, we're on flight from Kenya to Frankfurt. And Frankfurt, we got off, and we looked at this. And then and the guy who was supposed to be my right hand got more hope. He's like, I'll take care of this. I'm like, now you want to take care of it. <laughs> and then he, t he went up to the lady and said, and he's a pretty good-looking guy, so he uses charm. I use prophecy. He uses good looks. <laughs> he said, yeah, so we just want to go back to Vancouver. And the woman's like, oh, yes, sure. <laughs> we got emergency road takes. 
Within an hour, we're back home. No, actually, yes. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm saying, even in the chaos, there's hope. Even if the situation is all messed up, there's a glimmer of hope. There is a way. Even if foreign elements come in your way, and I just understand the feeling. This is what I feel like Christmas was like for these guys. They're like, what is going on? There's so much confusion. And surely they're saying to each other, this can't be God's plan. Is this God's plan A? This, is, this can't be plan. This must be plan B. How many of you guys know God doesn't have a plan B? He only has one plan. So it's not even a plan A. It's just his plan. Amen? But if I was him, I would be thinking, if I was these guys, Mary and Joseph and those guys, I would be thinking, surely this is not God's plan. That I can't even find a place for my baby. This, surely this is not God's plan. This, my wife's about to give, I can't, I got to go back home. This is, surely this is a snafu. This is like a disruption. This is not part of God's plan. Do you understand? You guys understand what I'm trying to say. This is not. And where is God? Where, what is he saying? Well, how come he's not telling us, don't worry, this is all part of my plan. They just have to go with it. How many guys know sometimes we just have to go with it? Sometimes there's silence and we feel like in the silence he's not following the plan. The plan that we had. Sometimes I think it's laughable when we present to God our plans and he's laughing because that's not in his plans and his plans are infinite and intricate and his plan, your life is intricately intertwined for eternity. How in your, infinite, in your finite mind can you put your plan into his infinite plan and expect God to fill that plan? It's like trying to put a puzzle piece into a puzzle piece place that doesn't belong. That's what I do because I'm impatient. My daughter's like, Dad, that's, she loves doing puzzles. She's like, Dad, that doesn't go there. It looks kind of like it. Let me just squeeze it in there. She's like, Dad, you're ruining the puzzle piece. Go away. I'm like, well, it's like it looks good. It looks pretty good. It's right there. She goes, that's not the piece. That's like, I feel like God is like looking at us going, that's not the piece. Your plan is not the piece. So it may guide you. It may, take, it may lead you somewhere, but it's like not the ultimate plan. God knows. He knows things that you don't know because he's God. Amen? And when he's silent, he's just telling you to be quiet. Just be quiet. Be quiet, daughter. I got this. I know you guys heard this story, but this is my favorite story of all time with my daughter. She loves, she loved McDonald's when she was younger. And then every time we would drive, she said, Dad, can we get McDonald's? I said, nah. I usually say no because I'll get in trouble by your mom. But uh, she was just so, like, insistent one time. How many guys know my daughter can be insistent? She has that prayer of persistence. She was interceding as a little Six-year-old in the back of the seat. Dad, we got to go McDonald's. McDonald's. I see a McDonald's sign right there. Dad, McDonald's? Big Mac would sound good. Dad, Big Mac, Happy Meal? She's insistent. That's 
How many guys know God? I, didn't, I wasn't annoyed. I was just like, wow, she has the gift of intercession. <laughs> wow, she's got the gift of a persistent warrior that has faith that I'm going to turn around. Amen? It's a little joy. It's like endearing and annoying at the same time. It's a paradox. It's a paradox. You guys know paradox? It's both ends. And then I said, sure, let's go. I'll get you a hamburger. I didn't say McDonald's. I'll get you a hamburger. And she's like, yay, McDonald's. She just, she had her plan. She assumed that it was McDonald's, but I didn't say McDonald's. I just said, I'll give you a hamburger. We're driving. She's like, yeah, we passed McDonald's. Silence. This is not the way to McDonald's, Dad. This insistent intercession. (laughs) But it's the wrong intercession. Do it my way, Daddy. McDonald's, Happy Meal. I want that toy, Happy Meal. Come on, Dad. Come on. And she does it with, she never whines, she doesn't whine, she's just insistent. Daddy, McDonald's, McDonald's, Dad, McDonald's. Just <laughs> and I'm just silence. And then eventually I can hear the frustration. Where are we going? Where are you taking me? And I drive into this place called Red Robins. And she's like, What is Red Robin? It's a bird. What is going on here? Where's the bird? And I go, I, go into the Red Robin, and she gets, I said, she looks at the burgers, and her eyes light up. This isn't McDonald's. There's some big burgers. <laughs> I give her the big burgers, and she's eating it, and then she gets the fries, and she's like being sparing with her fries. She loves fries. She's eating it sparingly. I'm like, what's going on? She goes, I want to save my fries. I said, the fries are unlimited, daughter. What does that mean? Forever. That means the fries will come forever. Forever? So I could eat it and they'll keep. It's going to cost you money? No. Free. Not free. But it's, um, she just said, she looked at me and she said, Daddy, this is better than McDonald's. I should have trusted you. She didn't say that, but in her eyes. <laughs> I could see it in her eyes. You know things. I can see it in her eyes. You know things that I don't know. You know places. You have plans that I've never dreamt of. How many guys know? How many guys know that's the Lord? How many guys know that sometimes in the silence, in the snafu, in the in in our lives, in our in our our lives are not going in the direction that is supposed to be going. That God has got it. There's no plan A or plan B. It's his plan. He got a plan. You know, Isaiah prophesied that this thing will happen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with a child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7.14. In how many years prior to Jesus that was? 700. 700 years, some guy named Isaiah the prophet wrote it. And Jesus fulfilled it. Wow. That means the Lord knew. How many of you guys know 700 years is a long time? Can we, can, we, can we say amen to that? That's a long time. Why so long? Is the Lord telling you there's a right time for everything. But I told you way before just to let you know I got this. He didn't haphazardly draw up a plan the night before. Here, here's my plan. I told you this thing is going to happen in Yes, it's not a prophecy given a week before. It's like 700 years before. 
Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom and establish and upholding it and justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans, out of you will come to me one who will be the ruler of Israel. Hosea 11.1, 1, out of Egypt I will call my son. Hundreds of years before, and then after Malachi, the last prophet, we had to wait 400 years, 400 years of no prophets, nobody, until John the Baptist, 400 years of silence. When God is silent, he's not telling us that he's lost it, he's confused, he's saying, I got it, just be quiet, I got this. We can trust in that. When I think about Christmas, can you go to the next slide? That's chaos. When you go to the next slide, I think about fragility of this Christmas story. How everything hangs in the balance of this teenage girl. The, it's almost like history hangs in the balance. The salvation of the world hangs in the balance of a teenage girl that will say yes. And her, and her betrothed, Joseph, to agree. Wow. Two hormone-filled kids. Teenagers. The Lord put the hinge of history upon these two teenagers. That's why I showed that video. I know that's an exaggeration. And a lot of people are saying, that's Gen Z. We're going to wait for the Gen A. And I don't know if Gen A is going to be any better. But I want to let you know the future of the world is not, is not dependent on decisions of Teenagers is about the Lord using people despite them. We were in our discipleship group yesterday and we we're talking about Samson. You guys know the story of Samson? How Samson was one of the worst leaders in Israel's history. One of the most gifted and one of the worst. He just decided to completely castigate any kind of calling upon his life as a holy man. He was to live in, the, in his time like John the Baptist, but he said, forget it, man. I'm going to have women. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to drink whatever I want to drink. Despite all of that, God used him. Because this is not a story of Samson. It's a story of God using flawed people to accomplish his purpose. Now, we honor Mary and we honor Joseph and they made the right choices. But if I was me, if I was the Lord, how many guys know I'm not God? Thank, thank God. But if I was the Lord, I wouldn't, put, I wouldn't put my faith in these guys. I, I wouldn't 
<laughs> give, them, give them the key, so to speak, to the car, to the Tesla. Here, you, you take it. I trust you. No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that because it's just so much at stake. You guys hear what I'm trying to say? It's just so much at stake. Why would I do that? And we only do that when we think everything is linear. Like a domino effect. Oh, there was this Mary. She didn't obey. Okay, history screwed now. Okay. No, we can't have Jesus. The will of God is not linear. It's more complex than that. It's, it's more like a web of directions and like, like the brain. <laughs> Everything just happening and somehow we're going to get there. That when you committed your life to God and even your frailties and mistakes and all the, snap, all the bad things and all the disruptions that happen in your life and all those things that are happening, despite all of that, it's like a web. But somehow you're going to get there if you just Listen to the Holy Spirit at some point. Sometimes you can go backwards and you can go sideways. You can go forward. It's like drawing, drawing a picture with numbers. One, two, three. You guys ever done that before? I'm not an artist, but you guys know picture by numbers? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There's all these numbers and you connect the dots and then you get a picture. <laughs> Jenny's like, I've never done that because then I'm an artist. I just use my hand. But people like us, we, have, we need numbers. Just follow numbers, and then you follow numbers. What, what is this going to turn out like? Oh, there's a star. Oh, wow. That's what I used to do as a kid. One, two, three, four. That's what life is like. Sometimes you go sideways, lateral, nothing happens. Sometimes you go backwards, and you go, oh, I'm going backwards. And sometimes you go forward. Wow, it's amazing. And then you go backwards again. You go sideways. You go this way, and then you go back this way. Why am I going back the same place before? And then you go a little bit forward, and you're going in a dif different direction, it seems like. And you go this way. You go up. And like, I made it. No, I didn't make it. I got fired. Okay, this way. Then I'm, where am I at? It seems like I'm at the same place. Oh, I look at my life. when I'm At the end of my life, oh, there's a star. Okay, you got a reaction out of here. <laughs> That's how God works. Despite your stupidity, your disobedience, your rebellion, your mistakes, and your desires, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this no matter what. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, you, you may go sideways for a while, but that's somehow in His sovereignty is gonna make it all look like a good picture for you. Amen. But you know what I'm reminded of? So even though it's chaotic and fragile, I'm reminded that his first coming doesn't look anything like his second coming. <laughs> the first coming, um, you got this fragile baby, you got the baby sleeping, by the way. How many guys know God calls us to be like children, like babies, sleeping? In the midst of chaos and the fragile nature of our lives, everything hinges on something, and the Lord saying, man, you don't have that much power. 
I got the power. I got the conch. You don't have the conch. Yeah, your decisions count, and there's consequences for that, but I'll make it all work. You understand me as you follow me? Only way you can mess up if you decide once and for all, I'll never follow Jesus forever. So even if you're in that valley, you might be in that undulation, but it's still going to draw a picture for you. The more you control, the more you are telling God, I don't trust your plan. I got my own plan. Instead of allowing the Lord to use you, you're using God to fulfill your plans. You can be the most devoted person at church, but you can be using God to fulfill your plans. And that's religion. It's actually superstition. I got to pray before a meal or the Lord's going to zap me and then I'm going to get fired tomorrow. If I don't tithe, zap me. You don't, okay, I'm going to get bankrupt tomorrow because I didn't tithe. This is all superstitions. Do you understand? You're doing it out of your heart. So you missed, you forgot. Oh, okay. The Lord, why are you doing it? That's the question. I remember I went to a, a speaking engagement once and I brought like a cigarette pack. People are like, what? I put a cigarette in my mouth. There's like 500 young kids and they, all of them went, Ooh, oh my gosh. And I brought a beer bottle. I opened it up. Sleeman's. Put it on the pulpit. And I was about to light it up. People are like, oh, what's going on? They were like, people are in an uproar. And I said, look how passionate you just got. Now, I used to smoke, and at times I drink, but I don't, not like before. I said, you guys are, what's going to happen to me if I do that? Get zapped. The Lord's going to zap you. And I'm like, There's nothing like that is going to happen. I'm just trying to make you aware and conscious of the things that you care about. There's people dying. There's people who are living on $1 a day. There's wars going on, and this is what you care about. That I put a cigarette in my mouth. Why do you come to church? Do you understand? We can control God that way. Rather than surrendering to God and doing our best to obey Him and knowing that He's always got our backs. He's always massaging us. Okay, I got it, I got it. The Lord's like, okay, you don't want to obey right now? Just, I got you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting patiently until you, come on, let's do it. Come on, look at that. Remember Steve, what I told you? He's my, he's my servant. I told you it's going to be good. No, I don't trust, I don't trust Him. You can trust Him. It's okay. Do you, do you understand? If you don't trust him, just trust the word. He's preaching the word. <laughs> you guys understand what I'm trying to say. The second coming, though, is not going to look like that. It's going to be obvious to all. It cannot be stopped. The Lord came as a lamb the first time, but he's, he's going to come back as a lion the second time. That is our future hope. If you don't have hope in that future, you can't see him in the past and you can't live for him in the present. If you don't see the Lord Jesus reigning and him coming back in full authority and renewing everything, if you don't, see, if you don't have hope in that, 
And you can't see him in the past. You can't see him in the word. And you can't live for him in the present. You live for him because you see he's coming back. He came back as a baby the first time, but he's going to come back as the ruling king the second time. There's going to be no doubt. And every knee shall bow. People are walking around going, there's no Jesus. Oh, shoot, I was wrong. That's what's going to happen. Do you understand? That's what we live for. There's no confusion. There's going to be like, no, that's an illusion. That's a, that's a, that's a hologram. It's not going to happen. It's like the world is going to stop. And Jesus in his full glory is going to come down. His eyes full of fire, Revelation says. It's not to scare you. He's saying, my eyes are full of fire. He's saying that I see through all things. I've, I've I burn up all the lies and deception that people cannot lie to themselves or to me anymore. That's what I look at when I see Jesus. He's loving, but his eyes are full of fire. That's why I cannot, I cannot lie to myself or to him. He knows me. Amen? And sometimes it sounds like the voice of my wife. Why are you doing that? No, because I'm doing it for my children. Why are you doing that? Because I want to... I wanna you know, I'm sacrificing for the church. No, why are you doing that? I'm doing it for myself. <laughs> Good. Now we can move on. See, that's the Lord. He's just fire. See, my eyes, my wife, she's nice, but her eyes are full of fire. She sees right through me. She's like, she's a junior Holy Spirit in my life. You need that. His hair is white as wool. You know what that means? It's got wisdom infinite wisdom to the ground. There's no more, more wiser. And there's a sword coming out of his mouth. It's just an allegory. It's not a literal sword. You know what I'm talking about? It's a double-edged sword. He cuts to the heart and he convicts. His truth will convict us. And he's riding on the white horse like the Son of Man on the clouds like Daniel 7. It's all prophesied and it's going to happen and the longer we live, that day comes closer. People are like, I don't want him to come. Why? You know, Disney, you know, guys, you know, Walt Disney? You know, the guy who created Disney? Walt Disney. I think I heard a rumor that um, he cryogenically, like, froze himself. It's probably like conspiracy theory. Um, but let's just say he did that 1% chance he did and somehow he could be unfrozen and he can come back to life and live another like 50 years and somehow science makes it that we live longer and my question to them is why? now Hezekiah wanted to live longer because I said give me 15 more years because man I gotta do stuff now, I only want to live as long as I need to live because my days are numbered so that I can accomplish God's purpose and usher in, like John the Baptist, the coming of the Lord and point people to Jesus. Beyond that, like why? This is not like a depressing thing. This is not like I don't want to live here anymore. It's more like heaven is a much better place. I, I'd rather be there. That's what Paul says. I'd rather be there. 
Paul says that all the time. I'd rather be there, but I have to be here because I have to fulfill my calling in this life. I have to accomplish every single thing that God has called me to do, even to be martyred, if that's his will. Do you understand? Because my, what, is ex- what is waiting for me is so much greater. And if I don't die and Jesus comes back, even greater. Amen? That's the good news. That's why it, it tests our hearts because you look at the world. We live in this bubble in Canada and we, like, we think this is a great country and we, it is a great country. It's one of the best. But I've been around the world and I look. I've been to North Korea, Africa, South America. I've been to the poorest regions. I've been seeing poverty. I've been, I've been to China where there's kids with no arms and no legs and Chinese gangsters actually cut them off so that they can use them money. So they beg and they take the money. We're living in a sick world where darkness rules. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And there's a purpose and a will for our lives and we got to accomplish that. It keeps us laser focused. There's something greater beyond this world. And we are here to remind people of that. The way we live, the way we conduct ourselves, how we live, in our jobs, in our places, how we surrender, how we loosen control, how we make decisions, how we usher in the power of God. That's next week. Amen. Can I just get an amen? amen. People ask me, why do we have to say that? It's not, you don't have to do anything. It's the Holy Spirit in you resonating with the Holy Spirit in me. Amen? Let's stand. My last point is this, and I'm not going to belabor it. Nothing's going to stop the coming of the Lord. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing stopped his birth. Nothing's going to stop his second coming. Nothing's going to stop his kingdom. You guys like sleep? People, that's a lot, big reaction I got this whole sermon. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like sleep. How many guys like sleep? Raise your hands. How many guys like, wow, that's a lot of passionate participation right there. How many guys like good sleep? Like deep sleep. Like sleep when you don't even dream and you w- w- close your eyes and you wake up. Wow, that's eight hours. That kind of sleep. You guys want that kind of sleep? Think about Jesus as a baby. I think, and I'm like, wow. So many things could have went wrong. Herod could kill, he committed genocide to kill baby Jesus, but couldn't get him. He literally committed genocide to kill this one baby, but couldn't get him. The the full forces of evil came upon this baby. Do you understand? It's not like Satan said, oh, a couple demons. The full force of darkness. Every single all hands on deck to kill this baby. Just in a manger with a bunch of animals sleeping. Meh! Meh! 
sounded like sheep and the baby all together, all mixed up. <laughs> Moo, meh. I don't know what's it, goats. But he was completely protected and shielded because the baby had a purpose. You guys following what I'm saying? That's what helps me sleep at night. No matter what I'm going through, I'm like, I still got a purpose. I haven't finished. When my plane was going like this from Japan, people were screaming. And I was like looking at them going, I'm sleeping. They're like, how can you? They're looking at me. These Japanese people are going, we're going to die. We're going to die. And then, you know, the, like the cabinets were opening and suitcases were, that's how bad it was. But, you know, I'm just sleeping. I'm so tired. They looked at me like, how? <laughs> because I'm reminded of baby Jesus. I, he had a purpose. And I, I'm just beginning. I haven't, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do yet. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Amen? That's what makes you sleep at night. You got some ailments in your body, your family, things are not going on with your job. It's just like, baby Jesus full force of darkness coming upon you I'm still going to sleep and by the way if you don't have some opposition in your life I don't know I would question your faith if you're advancing the kingdom you're going to have some opposition you're going to be made fun of you're going to lose things you're going to get castigated the more we live the world is going to be more evil and your goodness is going to be more highlighted and they're going to come after you Amen. Let's, let's lift up our hands. Baby Jesus. Let's just say that out loud. Baby Jesus. Let's remember him. Go to sleep well tonight. Just get a good night's sleep. Just, whoo! Full force of darkness. The demonic hordes came to kill him, but could not, could not get him. He wasn't even in a castle. It's just a little open manger. No, no. No soldiers, nothing, just some angels. Some shepherds and wise men. What a story. But it's true. So we trust you, Lord. We are fully, fully protected. Because we have a purpose. Not just for our own lives. You designed us and you gifted us. But it's for the ushering in of the kingdom of God and your second coming. You are coming again. There is no doubt. As believers, that is your word. That's the, that's the end of the book. He said, wait for it. Wait for it. You can't hurry it. You can't rush it. You can't manipulate it. But as surely as the sun rises, he will come again. We wait for it, God. The world needs you. The world needs renewing and restoration. Let us be the light and the beacon and people who point to you, give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo!